I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Welcome to Vanex Van, episode 68. I'm your host, Doug Vandelay, and I'm joined today by prolific illustrator and concept artist, Sonny Shah. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for the cool intro. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, so you have a really interesting uh, painterly style to your art. Who or what would you say are your greatest influences? My kind of like... Um current influences i would say are people like um uh, what's it called uh, craig mullins jamie jones alberto mielgo and like the more modern illustrators um but i think my interest with like texture and uh, the painterly aspects of it comes from like when i first got into art and those guys were like alex party greg simpkins jeremy fish and david cho um these were like guys who were like doing no digital and they were all like spray painting and like doing like mixed media with acrylics, like um, oils and like just going crazy with traditional medium. Um, and I guess that kind of goes into like when I was in school, I had a really tough time switching over to digital because I I kind of got introduced to art with all this texture in it. Uh, and I just had a tough time, I guess, thinking that digital would be good for me. Uh, but now that I have switched, I, I try to keep as much that texture fascination alive yeah well it, w- it really comes across like uh, a lot of your digital art looks almost like it's been painted with gouache mm-hmm. yeah you've worked on the hit tv series the dragon prince yeah what can you tell us about that it was a really cool show um uh for me it was like um a pretty awesome surprise that i was going to get to work on it because I was at this studio in Vancouver called Bardell. I was working on a TV show called Dino Trucks. And basically my contract was coming up and they're like, hey, would you like to work on this show that we're going to be doing soon called The Dragon Prince? I was like, what is this thing? Uh, And I don't think I realized then how big it was going to be. But the things that kind of really drew me to the project was like one single line that someone said and they were just like it's made by the head writer of avatar the last airbender (laughs) and i was like okay i'm in i'm totally in uh it just felt amazing to be in that kind of same like you know vein uh as avatar um and it's it's been an amazing experience working on that kind of a show it's been technically very uh like inspiring because i think we did some really cool things technically speaking in terms of the 2d 3d hybridization so it was i learned a ton and it was really fun for people to work with so where do you fit fit in on that 2d 3d pipeline of dragon brands i think like when i first started in animation which was on that dino truck show um i got lucky because i got introduced to 3d almost right away um, at that time, we were using SketchUp uh, just to model out these like crazy detailed and complicated looking Dino Trucks. A Dino Trucks is a weird, <laughs> funny show where it's a hybrid visual design of like dinosaurs and construction vehicles. It kind of looks like a 
original Power Rangers, the Zords from that. The, the Zoids <laughs> yeah, were yeah. there? It's like that, except if you if you think about that mixed with like Michael Bay's Transformers, <laughs> it's like super detailed, like every little bolt is there and everything. Um, it's a really cool show. You should check it out. <laughs> it's on uh, Netflix. After SketchUp, I when I hopped on the Dragon Prince, um, most animation studios use Maya for their modeling. So it was a great point to like learn Maya on the project because like um, Dragon Prince was done in a way which was like, you know, like traditional animation style, like Studio Ghibli, where like you paint all the backgrounds and you're basically doing parallaxing and like um, you're kind of just working in a 2D fashion. Your, your camera is like in post and you're just zooming in out, parallaxing and stuff. And what we were doing with the Dragon Prince was actually doing like all that, all that parallaxing stuff in 3D, but then also modeling a lot of the sets to line up with the paintings. So then the characters who are 3D could animate on the 3D planes, but then what they're actually going to be, the illusion, what they're actually going to be walking on is the painting. So as a designer, what we had to do was we would do a 2D concept in Photoshop, like a do a really cool like concept of like a say a a moon uh, henge right that was one of the sets for the the elves. Um, what we had to do is we had to do a two D painting, which is the concept art. Once that gets good enough to kind of get approved, we would model that in Maya, and then we would match it to the same angle that we need for the shot. Um, and then the animators would animate on the model, but then we would paint that exact angle as well, so everything kind of lined up. So. Yeah, 3D knowledge was like paramount in designing for the show. I'm really glad you explained that so deeply because I remember <laughs> watching it. I actually have a uh, background in some architectural 3D rendering as well. Right. I, I used to be a visualizer for like an HVAC company, but that's that's boring. I was watching it, wondering how it was done, wondering if they were texture maps. So so you get the 3D space and basically point the camera and then use that to figure out the depth is that sort uh, yeah, of what's going on the that was one of the approaches yeah that was basically when we were using um 3d characters in that would be animating on a 2d painting and then the other approach we did was basically what you just mentioned which was taking a model and then unwrapping it and then painting every single side of it but, um, but actually like doing the same texturing you would do in a the 2D painting, and then the 3D artist would basically remap those textures to the 3D model. And basically, we kind of like pick and choose how to use these approaches. If they're like very still characters walking into the scene or across, then we would use a 2D painting. If there's two characters fighting and there's like tons of movement, like we take advantage of the 3D camera, that's when we would use the model that has the, the textures painted on it because most of it will be kind of like slightly blurred. So you can kind of get away with that. So for example, the, but sometimes we would also like um, prioritize, like use that approach if a set is going to be used like multiple, multiple times. And it's a technically like, you know, just difficult in general to paint set. Like one example is the throne room that King Harrow is in. It's like a very like, um, there's lots of cylinders, there's lots of ellipses and ellipses are just in general hard to draw and paint. So that one, we actually took our time and modeled everything and the textures were applied to the model and everything kind of like was made to look painterly in the end. 
but it's 3D. So since we're in that space so much, you can constantly move your camera around, animate within it, and reuse it. I imagine there's quite a lot of advantages and challenges when it comes to lighting a scene in this way. Is it is that done through the 3D programs, or are you uh, animating that into the show? That was done with... I realize I just asked the the same question twice. <laughs> secret sauce of yeah. question. <laughs> um, that one, I, yeah, that one was uh, using a tool called Maneki. Uh, I think it's already mentioned. It's basically like a tune renderer for Maya. And there's all like tons of tune renderers for Maya. But basically, yeah, there was a ton of comp uh, work uh, done afterwards, like post-processing. Um, to get that lighting to be crisp. Um, one thing with 3D tune lighting in, in 3D space is that, you know, it's trying to be as accurate as possible, but sometimes accuracy doesn't look good, especially on 3D characters' faces. So we would have, like, um, characters just moving about, the lighting's changing, and you would see these really, like, unflattering, like, um, shadows just popping in and out of the face. Is quite distracting. So I remember like the 3D team and the art director, they, they came up with a really cool way to do it where they're just like, okay, we're going to limit the faces um, light and shadow composition by basically custom painting a few mats, like alpha mats. So just black and white. And they would do it for like the profile left and then three quarter profile, the straight on the, the three quarter right uh, and then the profile right. So you get that full kind of like turning of the character. And then whenever they see unflattering shadows happening with the tune render, they can replace that with the alpha, the mask that's been actually considered and painted nicely. So, and then they would leave the rest of the body to do its own thing because, um, you know, you can't paint every shadow perfectly. But yeah, that was kind of the style. I remember one of the comp artists, the leads, he was showing me his node tree for uh, the comp scene he had. And yeah, they had they had such a complicated like node tree. Uh, there was so much going on, like with the shadows, lights, the tune shading, the line work on top of that. And they have to do multiple passes on everything. It's, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I struggled enough trying to figure that out on a static shot of a house. I can't even imagine <laughs> what goes into that. <laughs> Well, moving on from uh, Dragon Prince, mm -hmm. I, I'm curious about your work on Rise and Shine. Oh, you saw that? Oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't actually get uh, to see it. I saw I saw that you did it. I was trying oh, to I find see. that. And also Hawk Whale, I'm really interested in. Um, I can only find stills of. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Rise and Shine, um, uh, one of my coworkers when I was working at Bardell, she, um, she's really great, Ashley. And um, uh, basically, she, uh, with her partner, makes short films. And she asked me if I was willing to help them out uh, and do some designs for the, their short film idea. And I had done a few with her, like um, as pitches for all the different contests that happened in town. But this one seemed really cool because um, it was a story set in Yukon. And it was kind of a very lighthearted, fun story. Um, something that I've never worked on before. So I thought it would be a great idea um, to kind of get the experience. And also, I've never worked on a live action anything before. So I was really curious how I could design for live action. So I was really intrigued about the challenge. And 
basically my role was to be the pseudo production designer. So I did the costume designing. I did like the color keys, the effects uh, keys and stuff. And yeah, it was super fun. It was like basically instead of focusing on rendering and how to make like gene texture look great, I was just focusing on what is the character and how that relates to the story. And Rise and Shine being such a kind of small town story with nothing like nothing sci-fi, nothing fantastical, no crazy things that happen. The crazy thing that happened is a moose is on a Honda Civic. <laughs> the moose is headed on a Honda Civic. Um, that was the craziest thing that happened in the whole movie. So it was a really great I mean, experience. That sounds just pretty to kind crazy. Of like tone it down. <laughs> yeah, they steal a giant moose head and they strap it on the Honda. <laughs> Yeah, the story in a nutshell is really cute. It's like um, this girl, she's trying to open up her bake a bakery that went defunct after her mom died. And she's trying to get enough money to reopen the bakery. And then her partner, he's kind of like uh, a gambler, and he, but he's kind of sweet at heart. And him and his buddy hear about this tale about some gold hidden somewhere. And then they're like, yeah, let's go get it. And it turned out to be inside of a, the nostril of a moose's head like a mantelpiece in a cafe so they go try to steal it and they have to make a break for it and yeah it's crazy <laughs> oh, that sounds fun uh, yeah uh i don't know if it's up online but if it is I'll, I'll send you a link how do you enjoy doing that like live action as opposed to uh animated do you think you'd do it again yeah i think so um i definitely thought like the you know my role was more about like my thinking versus my artistic like prowess or anything like that it was just what you know what i could add to the story so like what like basically my costume designs for the show look really like sketchy and loose and that was super fun because like i don't have to like labor over rendering of a hand i can just suggest it because i know the live the actor or the actress will actually be you know doing the acting right i don't have to like do that part uh, I just thought about ideas of how to relate the story. So there's one character, um, basically, um, he's the partner of that gambler husband. Um, and he kind of like has that kind of gold rush moment, you know, like he has that kind of turning point where he's kind of going to betray his friend for the gold. Yeah. So one of my ideas was to like give him like gold tinted glasses. Like, you know, he's kind of like see like it's kind of like a little bit of a visual spoiler that like he's kind of got his eyes on the gold, like he's gonna betray him, but then it's kind of a subtle thing. Uh, and then like he also has like a hat and I thought about putting little matches in it. And basically, cause he's kind of like a strong character, he, his power move is taking a match and like striking it off of someone's like forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and like lighting a cigarette. So li those little things were basically ideas. I didn't have to like illustrate the match like perfectly or the glasses perfectly. But I just had to think about cool concepts, like just concepts, and not really worry about the art. Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Well, it sounds freeing from uh, what you regularly do. Mm-hmm, Yeah. So yeah, I was also I was really trying to find a hawk whale because the stills on your portfolio website look really interesting. Um, can you oh. talk about that at all? Yeah, um, hawk whale is an interesting project 
um, we're because it's kind of like a work in progress project. Uh, just like with Ashley, um, another one of my coworkers, Shauna, at Bardell, she asked me if I would be willing to team up with her and her friend Jay to um, create a short film based on one of her dreams that she had. Well, so basically, Shauna was the the show creator. Um, Jay was the director, and I was the art director. Basically, it's a really cool, like, kind of cosmic story about this, like, big, you know. I don't want to spoil it because I know we're going to come back to this one. But it's a very, like, fantastical sci-fi cosmic story. And basically uh, what we were doing was uh, we tried to get as many industry professional friends that we had. And I think we made a team of about maybe 15 people, something like that. And to me, the most, like, uh, surprising thing was uh, we set a schedule, which was meet every Sunday for one whole year. And we basically did that every Sunday. Everyone had the time booked off. We met up. We worked on this thing. And um, I don't know if you've seen the artwork yet, because I know it's password protected. Um, I, I yeah. saw the, the thumbnails of it and what I could find searching it. I mean, Google uh, showed me a lot of pictures of whale sharks because it thought that's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I can share it to you shared with you so you can take a look but yeah it's something that we want to kind of still keep it relatively secret because gotcha. um what happened was um we were so diligent for one year to work on this thing and then at the end of that year we had to make the hard choice of like shelving it because at the end of that year the director was moving to london i was getting married uh, the producer was having a baby and um yeah, basically giant life things are happening with everybody. Yeah. So we just thought, okay, let's let's come back to this one. Let's not, you know, force ourselves to like get this one done. This is one that it's worth waiting for. Great. So uh you think you'll pick that back up at some point? I really hope so. Um I know like talking with like Jay and Shauna, whenever I talk to them about it, they're very keen to like come back to this one. It's just right now it's just like I guess like life stuff, like he's still like Jay's still out of town, Sean's still busy. So I feel like we'll come back to this. It'll just be a matter of when, like when our time frames align. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a release of that sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah, and I think it'll be great because now that we've kind of parked it for maybe about two years, um, I think we've all grown in our own ways. So now when we come back to it, I think we're gonna we're gonna make something pretty cool what are some other projects you've worked on um so yeah i started with dino trucks worked on this the dragon prince show and then i worked on uh lego ninjago which is a really cool like tv series um we worked on the 11th season and i was just surprised that there were 10 seasons already yeah but it's a very popular show and uh it was super fun to work with the lego team um, the people from Lego itself, like, like they were super fun. Uh, they love like cinema and like they love like movie making. Um, and so I did that for about a year. And then I've actually recently moved to a purely 2D animation studio. Uh, most Downer Trucks, Dragon Prince and Lego have all been 3D productions. So the 2D work that I've done now is a show called Archibald, which is uh, made by Tony Hale. And uh, it's a pretty cute show. It's uh, definitely, it's about a chicken 
and it's about the chicken's journey through like realization about like life and like it's just a very cute story it's on netflix as well and then i've worked on a project called tigtone which is this really crazy show i think the process is more interesting um basically what happens is we take photoshop paintings of characters faces and we take motion capture from real life of people's faces and we plug in the motion capture data into after effects uh to morph the painting it's a super jarring looking effect yeah <laughs> uh, but basically you have to animate the face and actually sort of like a reverse of rotoscoping <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and yeah, you should definitely check out the show it's a very like jarring style what, what's that one called for, uh tigtone tigtone yes okay yeah it's a uh, it's basically kind of like a fantasy um, uh, D&D style, like Magic the Gathering kind of world, like very beautiful illustrations and um, it's got like elves and knights. And, but it's like adult swim time frame. So it's like really crazy messed up stuff sometimes. Whoa, yeah. I'm just looking at pictures of that now. And anyone listening, <laughs> yeah, just search Tigtone, T-I-G-T-O-N-E. This looks wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you work on that now? I was working on it right. um, recently. Uh, and then currently what I'm working on is actually, uh, and I can say it, which is awesome, is it was announced at the San Diego Comic-Con. It's uh, the new Star Trek um, 2D animated series. Whoa, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's called uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. And it's about the least important ship in Starfleet. And it's about the lowest ranking officer, uh, trainees, who work on the lowest deck of the ship. That's cool. <laughs> it's going to be all new crew. Yes, yeah, all new crew. Uh, but it's set, it's canon, so it's set in the same, like, uh, time universe. Uh, so they always reference, like, uh, Picard and Spock in them um, as their, like, idols. Uh, but yeah, it's totally new crew. It's a totally new story. Uh, that's my current. Well, I'll keep current. an eye out for that one as well. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Yeah, sure. Um, so Titmus does this thing called Five Second Day. Oh, I love Five uh, Second Day. <laughs> Have you gone before? Yeah, I've, I've gone to a couple of them now. All right. Yeah, so basically, for whoever doesn't know, it's it's a day when we all get the day off and we get to work on whatever we want. The minimum requirement is five seconds of animation of some sort, and that's the style and the quality is totally up to you and the subject matter. Uh, there's no like filter, so you can people do go crazy. Um, so this is my first time ever working at Titmouse, so I decided to do one. So if you're in town and if you're interested, you can check out the five second day screenings on March 13th, I believe. I think it's March 13th. Just look up Titmouse five second day, and you'll find out. It's at the Rio Theater, and I think it's like eight dollars for tickets. And uh, check it out. Mine will be in there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Thanks for listening to VanXVan. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Vandalay and the show at VanXVanCast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandalay. See you next time. This 
is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.